When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Dave here and Darren over there. Yes, Darren is back. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers. In today's episode, we are discussing the Minnesota Vikings season so far to date and the possibility of it being actually saved. Or will it? We'll also talk about whether Kirk Cousins should be traded and if the Jets would be interested. Whether we think it's realistic or not. Nah. Lastly, we'll be exploring concerns over Quasi Adofa and his drafting ability so far. It's a mixed bag. And it's mixed more one way than the other. <laughs> We're going to find out. So stay tuned for our in-depth look at all of those topics and more. So if you're a diehard Vikings fan like I know you all are, or just a football enthusiast like many that join us, you won't want to miss a bit of this Two Old Bloggers next. Vikings First and Skull presents This Week in Vikings Land with Darren and Dave, your Two Old Bloggers. Hey everybody, it's Darren, Dave here and Darren over there. I'm as excited as everybody else that you're back. How you been, buddy? Uh, I've been better, uh, but I am happy to be back too. Got back into Yellowknife last last week, uh, eight eight thirty seven p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Drove drove back from Northern Alberta. Um, we got, uh, the evacuation order ended, the, on September the 6th for Yellowknife. And so people were allowed back after that. Uh, we were taking our daughter down to go to college and getting her settled into Vancouver Island. And, uh, so we had a couple of weeks anyway, but, uh, back, uh, starting to simmer down fire, wildfire wise around here. Um, I'm hoping I was, <clears throat> Dave, you wanted me to round up some pictures of the, of the burn and the devastation. Yep. Uh, I'm going to see if I can gather up some of that stuff okay. and remember to do that, give it to the folks to kind of see what uh, we've been dealing with up here. But, um, we'll put it in the comments is, on the YouTube page. Yeah. The, the, there is uh, still very, very, very unseasonably warm up here. Like we're sorry to do the Celsius stuff for every, you, you yanks, but, uh, um, in a lot of places like today here, I think it's 17 degrees Celsius. That's like 10 degrees or more uh, higher than normal. And uh, a lot of other communities south of us are in the 20 degrees Celsius plus, which again is like 10 degrees higher than normal for this time of the year. Um, pretty hard for you to relate to back in Austin, Texas, Dave. But um, that's, uh, but yeah, so, but things are looking up. 
and I'm really happy to be back and talking Vikings uh, football. And uh, thanks everybody for the uh, the welcome backs that your messages that you're sending down below. Appreciate it, and glad mm-hmm. to see some tuning in too. Yep, and uh, I do want to thank everybody that's joined us today from T Bass Aaron down here with me. I'm sure Aaron enjoyed that storm that went through and cooled things off quite a bit. Justin's here, the wonderful and beautiful Miss Mary, Raymond, Davy Chains. Uh, who else am I missing? Oh, of course, the great, my wor- worthless opinion is here as well. And we all thank you. And good to see you too, Sean. Glad to have you here. And the docs in the house. Freaking <clears throat> outstanding. All right. Now we're going to get this show on the road. So, I titled this one, Can the Vikings Season Be Saved? We are 0-2 after our first two games. Is it all doom and gloom? Let's find out (laughs) with Theme 1. Let's do it this way. There we go. Can it be saved? Yes, Dave. Can it be saved? I think most people on here know the stats, right? You're going to show them in a minute anyway. But when you go on to, uh, it's a very, 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 very unusual for a team to even make the playoffs when they go on to. You're going to put up a graphic here, but uh, like I know it's, it's up hard there. To read. Yeah, hard to read. So you go on to 14% of the teams end up with a winning record. Uh, just under 10% end up making the playoffs. Um, I think it's like 4% or a little bit lower than that actually reach the Super Bowl and less than 1% win the Super Bowl. Um, so Actually, 1% not- reaches the Super Bowl and 0.7% win it. And that's okay. since 1970. Yeah. 1970 to 2002, those, you got those stats, Dave? 2022. So- Sorry, yeah, 2022. So really, hey, I'm really rusty here after like how many weeks <laughs> off. <laughs> but so not very good stats, not very encouraging. Uh, and again, like if you go on to the the stats say your season, your chances of making the playoffs, you're probably not going to do it. Um, although it, you got the teams down there below who have made it. And in Since 2008, 2000. The Vikings are one of the teams that did do that. Um, they had uh, Tavares Jackson. Remember the Tavares Jackson experience didn't go so well. <laughs> that team from Wisconsin in the opener when Aaron Rodgers was start his first year as a starter at Green Bay, lost that one, and then lost a close one to the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning at home. They went 0-2, but they ended up making the playoffs going 10-6. and And that actually was one of the... That was a really good Vikings team, I thought, despite the quarterbacking. The defense was very strong that year. We had a good running attack. Um, the passing game was hit and miss, but a lot of that had to do because we had Gus Farratt and Tavares Jackson as our quarterbacks. But that was a, that was a, that was a fun team to watch, particularly on defense. Uh, and boy, could we use that kind of defense these days. But I digress. <laughs> but, and then down there at the bottom... I put the difference, right? Because these percentages will get a little bit bigger because of the amount of games we play. In 1970, it was a 14-game season. That didn't go up to 16 until 78. And then we didn't go up to 17 until 2021, just a couple years ago. So they go up just a little bit, and we've got to be in that little bit because we put ourselves behind the eight ball to start off with. 
We sure did. And uh, T-Bass was asking below, you're saying, did anybody really expect this team to go to the Super Bowl? I didn't, but uh, I don't know. Call me crazy, but uh, I like it when the Vikings win, when they make the playoffs. Even if I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, it increases my enjoyment if they're winning games as opposed to losing them like they, they, had, like they mm-hmm. have been the past two weeks. So uh, that that just goes week to week. But but anyway, um can the Vikings turn their season around? I was watching Ben Lieber. He did like a, did a rant on Twitter after the Philly game. And he was like very, very, very bullish on the Vikings ability to turn things around. He, his message was basically, we did a lot of great things in these two games. We would have won both of them probably if we hadn't turned the ball over so much. And there is a lot of truth to that. Um, but I can't totally get on board with, I think that's oversimplification of things a bit. Uh, because uh, really, um, yeah, you look at the turnovers, we've had seven in two games, which is way too much. We've only had one. Six of those turnovers have been fumbles. And so, you know, that aspect of it, I agree with 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 Ben Lieber and that, that fumble luck and that amount of turnovers, I think that's kind of a random stat and it's going to turn around and the Vikings are not going to turn the ball over that much in games, you know, from here on in. That's something that I think, and and we know that Kevin O'Connell has talked about that, and he said he's really annoyed with the ball security that we have had the first two games, and well, he should. And he said we work on it all the time, and it still isn't sinking through. We're going to work on it some more. So I think this is going to get worked out. It's going to get turned around. Again, it's a random fluky thing that has happened. What I think are not random fluky things that that are really going to hold back and and make me concerned about the Vikings' ability to turn the season around, Dave. And you chime in however you want to mm-hmm. on this as well. One thing is the running game. Everybody here knows of it. You've got we've run I think twenty three times for sixty nine yards in two games. Alexander Madison has taken a ton of heat for the ineffectiveness of the Vikings running game so far, but I don't actually think that Madison is the problem or the the main problem here. We knew he wasn't Dalvin Cook. He's not that explosive. He doesn't have the ability to make guys miss. He's a different type of runner, but we've seen him in the past where he has been effective when he's played as a starter subbing in for Cook. Mm -hmm. Especially once he builds up a lather after playing quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and he's, yeah, I think he's one of those backs, you know, he needs to get fed. He needs to get to the 15, 20 carry mark before he really gets going. That's what physical running backs, you know, that you tend to think that they do, they wear down defenses that way, but I'm just not seeing any holes for him to run through. And particularly when we run again in the interior. And I think, so I think this is an offensive line problem, particularly our interior three guys, and I don't think that the I think this is going to be very difficult for the Vikings to turn around because you've got Ed Ingram who is base who's cannot who's poor as abysmal in both pass protection and run protection so far in his two seasons as a, as a starter at right guard. Ezra Cleveland is okay, um, and you got Austin Slotman who is Austin Slotman. He's a backup and not a very good one. And he Even, got freight trained on Thursday. This this. Interior, I think, and it didn't help in the Philly game that Ali Udo was our left tackle. His his run offense, his offensive run grade, uh, pass block, or run blocking grades were very poor in that game too. If he had Christian Darrisaw there, maybe it'd be better, and that may have uh, limited the Vikings' ability to, you know, try to get more runs to the outside and get some some something going there. Which they don't have to worry about Ali Udo anymore. No, you don't. He's gone for the season, but. Uh, Torn you quad. Have to depth. 
with Schlotman anyway, even if, and you know, he could be there long-term as we know, we don't know when Garrett Bradbury is going to come back, but even if Bradbury comes back, he's obviously an upgrade over Austin Schlotman, but he is not a powerful, you know, physical mauler as a, as a, as a center either. He's not a guy that's going to move things. And the, the issue with the interior is that they don't move anybody. They get moved. And if, and that's a big, big problem for the running game. And how do you fix that, Dave? Um, well, there's no obvious upgrades on the Vikings roster right now. I, maybe Blake Brandle will will replace Ed Ingram at right guard at some point if Ingram keeps on playing like he's playing. But outside of that, like who are you looking at? Chris Reed is on the non-football injury list. We don't know when he's coming back. Perhaps he could be an upgrade over a Schlotman at center, but that's debatable. You know, really the only thing that's really out there is that the Vikings, the Dalton Reisner thing again, but they haven't signed him. Uh, I think they have to look at that and they have freed up cap space with the Brian O'Neill contract restructuring thing. But even Reisner is not going to fix this, Dave. And I just think that with the three, the interior guys that we have, running the ball is going to be a struggle for the Vikings all year. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they have been these first two games. You couldn't possibly be. I think this is the worst running attack I've seen ever for any NFL team in, in the long time I've been watching. <laughs> yeah. You get nine rushes in one game against the Eagles like that. It, like it's mind-boggling. But Would you entertain shaking things up a bit? Since we're not getting anybody new, and there's nobody. Well, I addressed this over on uh, the Gallahorn site. Toby said, we got to fire everybody. And I go, and who are you going to play? Who are you yeah, going to find yeah. sitting on the corner? What offensive line sitting on the corner at a 7-Eleven are you going to find to replace these guys? You, they don't exist, right? So we got to go with what we have. Now, we know Ezra Cleveland can play tackle. He played tackle in college. Yes. If, uh, if he's needed to move out to left tackle, because we don't know how long Darisaw's out, Darisaw should be back, hopefully, come next Sunday. But if he needs to move out, move Darisaw out. Well, then who do you put at left guard? Well, that's a good question. You can put Brandle in there if you want to put Brandle in there. Another thing to try that's different is I found out this week that Ed Ingram had been taking snaps this preseason, or snapping this preseason as a backup center option. I wonder if Ed Ingram might play better at center. I don't know because we know he can't play. He hasn't played stellarly at right guard. I wonder if moving him towards the middle might help. I just, I have no idea. There's this offensive line, the interior. Now, what seems weird is so far this season, their pass blocking seems to have improved. Kirk Cousins has had more time to throw the football. That's they, what I think too, Dave, and the PFF grades would reflect that. And and he's thrown 44 passes in both games, and he's only been sacked, what, three times? Load of yards for over 700 yeah. yards. I mean, he's getting hit a few times, but I don't. It's not nearly as much as last year. I think, considering, especially considering the amount of times he's dropping back, throwing, and teams know he's going to drop back and throw because mm-hmm. we can't run the ball. Um, I don't know if that can hold up eventually, but I, I, I think that the you know Kevin O'Connell has been very patient with Ed, Ed Ingram, and I. But I think that patience is wearing out. But again, the question is, who do you put him in for? Is Brandle really the answer? I don't think so. But I'd be worth checking it out, and. 
maybe, you know, you talk about bringing Reisner and maybe you have to look at, and I don't know who's, I was taking a little bit look at team's depth charts yesterday and nothing really stood out, but it took me a long time. But do you consider trading for a center if you think that Garrett Bradbury is going to be out long-term? Um, you can Maybe you can get a backup center who's better than Schlotman and not have to give up a whole lot in draft capital for that. Is that something that the Vikings are going to consider? Um, I, I don't know. But this offensive line, the interior in particular, it's, it, like it's not going to get fixed this year, Dave. Can the best we think we can hope for is that it improves, you know, maybe marginally from where it is now, and that we're just we've got a somewhat competent running attack. Or you look at if you get Darisaw and O'Neill, and they're not out, you look at running more stretch stuff to the outside, which we did. You know, the few times we were able to run against the Eagles. You know, we were successful doing it that way. So maybe you got to look at more of that than trying to ground and pound on the inside, which we can't do and we won't be able to do. So that's a big issue. I don't. I don't know if. I think that's one thing that's just going to be a source point point all year, and it and it really makes our offense one dimensional. We got Justin Jefferson. We got Jordan Addison. It looks like a the real deal. KJ Osborne. Mm-hmm. Kadarius J. Osborne after he dropped those two passes uh, Thursday night. But, you know, we know Osborne's good. We know TJ Hawkinson is good. Even Josh Oliver looks like he can do well in, in the offensive side of things. So the pass game is there. Uh, but you're, but uh, eventually teams can, they're going to be able to scheme and stop that if we're so one-dimensional. So that's an issue, and I think it's not going away. The other thing that I do have questions about and is really concerning is the Brian Flores defense. we've looked very good in the first half against Tampa Bay. We looked very good in the first quarter and a bit against the Eagles. After that, the the, the Eagles and Tampa Bay seemed to figure it out. Uh, They seemed to figure us out. We saw that the Eagles just ran over us like you've never seen. And I am worried about that because particularly in the second half, the Vikings have been giving up long, like clock killing drives, can't get a stop, can't get off the field, can't get the offense back on the field to score points to win us games. And and it really looked like when you look at the Vikings defense, particularly the way the Flores played against the Eagles, they went with like a 3-3-5 defense as a base. And we had really light boxes, like light guys up there. At some point, we weren't even playing yep. Kevin Seifert in the South. We didn't even have one defensive lineman on playing uh, like in, in that second quarter drive where they had 16 plays for you know a gazillion yards and killed like nine minutes of the clock, we didn't have a defensive lineman on that for a large number of those plays. Now, Daniil Hunter, Patrick Jones, and DJ Wanham used to be defensive linemen Okay, when we had a 4-3. They're big guys, but we just got run over. And if Flores is going to play those light, but Josh Metellus is the, basically your third linebacker playing the big nickel thing, uh, how are we going to counter teams who are physical and just want to run the ball down our throat? Again, this is like the interior offensive line. We're built light. Yeah. In the back, we don't have any big linebackers. The biggest one's Hicks. You yes. know, we don't have, we aren't built like defenses used to be built 10 years ago, where you had, you know, even Anthony Barr was larger. And uh, you, they aren't there, and we don't have the space-eating interior defensive line. Our defensive line is adequate, I would say. They're they just guys. 
Right? Like that's another thing that Steve uh, brought it up there talking about Davenport, if a big body, if he can make a difference, it sure ain't helping that Davenport has, has played only four snaps in two games, but Dean Lowry has been horrible. Like he got pushed around Thursday night. Like, like he just did nothing. DJ Wanham and Patrick Jones as your edge linebackers were terrible against the run Thursday night too. And they played quite a bit. So Jonathan, or does Jonathan Bullard, like you say, uh, space eater and not a very good one. Kyrus, Kyrus Tonga is not playing very much. When he is, you don't even notice him. He's not, and we haven't seen it. Yeah. I mean, I saw him on the field, but we didn't see it like we did at the end of last season. Him making a difference. And it was just like, where's it gone? Yeah. So, yeah. And again, where who are the guys? Like, this is going to be a case where Brian Flores has to decide. Is 3-3-5, like he talked about when he became the defensive coordinator. Well, depending on who we play is going to determine what kind of defense I run and who plays. But right now, we're playing a lot of 3-3-5. Josh Metellus is on the field a lot as basically your third linebacker. And... Tampa Bay didn't run very well in the first half, but in the second half in that first game, they just gradually kept on getting three, four, five yards every carry late in the game, and we couldn't get a stop. And where is Roy, where is Jake and Roy? Another great question. We'll get to that later. He was too, inactive. I, and I just this is another thing that I don't know if, if it can be fixed. Uh, there's going to be certain teams if they if they got physical offensive linemen and like to run the ball, we may not really have an answer for it. Uh, now maybe Forrest can scheme around it. Uh, I'm hoping he can. Maybe he can. Maybe Jaclyn Roy can jump in there and he can do a better th- job than Dean Lowry can or Jonathan Bullard can. But I'm not really seeing a whole lot of reinforcements on there. And the performance of the guys, particularly up front on the defensive line that I have seen so far, has me pretty concerned. Other than Harrison Phillips, who was playing way more than he did last year, um, we seem to really be missing Dalvin Tomlinson right now. Oh, yes. And, and um, that's another thing that doesn't get fixed. And if you can't stop the run, again, you become kind of a one-dimensional defense. Uh, defensively, against the pass, which was a big concern of mine, like how the corners were going to hold up this year, they're doing... You know, I think pretty good. Decent. We got beat with a couple of deep throws uh, against Philly last game, but one of them was on Theo Jackson, who's a safety. And, and but that was because the receiver took it off the back of his head. Basically, you you can't defend that any other better, any better other than luckily getting your hand up and hitting the ball. That was, but yeah, but they, I think they have been doing. Aaron, we're going to get to a scene in Booth later. We'll get to that in the third. <laughs> but but I, I think that it's really been like the, the the secondary is not has been. I think they've been performing a lot better than I expected in a lot of ways. But if you if you get run on for two hundred and fifty yards, it doesn't matter what you're doing on the back end. I think so. Those are big concerns, and I don't see how they're they're getting fixed with the personnel we have. And you can't trade for a whole bunch of people and bring them in either. Um, so where is the reason for optimism? Like Ben Lieber said, was talking about. Well, again, offensively, even despite our one dimensional. The way we've been watching, we are moving the ball at times, not consistently. Again, there are those those droughts like we had last year, but we have been throwing the ball and moving the ball, particularly against the Eagles. So that was good. Um, and Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne, they're going to be tough to stop, even if we can't run the ball very much. So the offense can move the ball. I think what really what's key, I think we have to, as Viking fans, we have to temper, look at the next seven games and say, the like, Best case scenario is the Vikings go three and four there. I think at this point, let's hope. Let's hope. 
We're just a little bit under 500 at that point. We don't know what Green Bay or the Bears or Detroit's, what their record is going to be at that time, but you go three and four. And then you get a six game stretch after that where you're playing, and I got to look it up here just to make sure, but you're playing Green Bay on the road, which is always a tough one, but maybe not as much with George depending on how he's doing. You got Atlanta. You got the Bears at home. You got the Saints, Broncos, and the Raiders. Not a murderer's row there. If you can go like four and two in that stretch, you get yourself back over 500, and that sets you up for the last four-game stretch where you're potentially in playoff territory, and you got the Bengals, a home game with the, the Green Bay home game with the Lions, and then you end the year at, with going on the road against the Lions. Four games where you, you know your your playoff hopes are if you've gotten taking care of, care of business in that six games game stretch and gotten over five hundred, where you can maybe get into the the nine and, and seven range, that sort of thing. Maybe ten and seven, nine and eight range, and get as a wild card, but. That is, but there's got to be improvements. The turnover, I think the turnover thing is going to turn itself around. But the, what, what I'm seeing right now, Dave, is despite Ben Lieber saying, we're, you know, we've got potential to be a really good team. We just stopped turning the ball over. The, the issues are deeper than that and two big issues. And, and what I'm seeing right now, Dave, and, and it's two games in and maybe people are going to kill me on here, but I'm seeing a seven and a 10, eight and nine Vikings team here based on how they're playing. I'm not very optimistic that they can turn the season around. I don't know about you. I don't know about anybody else out there. Well, it, it, they've got a tough schedule, and the schedule's up there. They got to beat the Chargers. They should beat the Panthers. That brings yeah. us to five hundred. Then it's Kansas City. Then we go one down, and then we go beat Chicago. Go one up, five hundred again. Then San Francisco, one down. It may be that sort of season where it's up and down, up and down, up and down. But some of the things that came after this, especially this last game is we're not going to face offensive lines that good as Philadelphia for the most, most of the way out. Now we expect some good offensive lines, but generally not as good. San Francisco is probably the better one, but, and, and that showcased by after week one, the Vikings offensive line ranked 10th, 10th, in the league. And it was just like, how could it be 10th? And it's just because the league is, there's a handful of teams that have really good lines. And then all the rest are in dire straits looking for people just like we are. So I, it's going to be one of those. It depends how they play it sort of deal. Are they going to keep them together and try to get that, Sort of like the last years of Zimmer where we're in contention. We can make the playoffs. There's a possibility yeah. we can make the playoffs. All we got to do is do this and do this, and we can make the playoffs, and we just miss it. And then we're drafting around 16, you know, somewhere in there. Or lower. I don't know. I don't know. You know, right now, obviously, KOC and Quasi are probably feeling some heat, at least from the fans. They're going to try to step it up. I think the team, hopefully the players are, hopefully they'll step it up, especially the linemen, both sides of the line, the interior sides. Bring up your play, please. Um, (laughs) You do that and not turn over the football, we'll win some games. We'll win quite a 
quite a bunch of games if you do that and stay healthy. You know, yep. as long as we got guys. Like I look at the, I look at the six game stretch where we play those teams that aren't that good, Dave. But just looking at the way the Vikings are, we've got some talent, obviously. But uh, do you really see with the way we've started so far, early as it is, that this is a team that can run off three or four wins like in a row? Like I just, we just aren't performing at that kind of level. So I think that right now, unless things change drastically that we are kind of one of those it's going to be like win one lose one win one lose two win two lose one you know it's there's not we're not going to have that big last year the vikings didn't get their second loss until the 10th game of the season i think um we already have two losses so tough times mm-hmm. and not happy times for viking fans if, who are expecting maybe a little bit better well um i saw doc ask earlier what am i drinking i just finished the last of my Woodford reserves, and I'm probably going to finish the last of my still Austin straight bourbon. Because you can see there's not much left in there. ain't much left in there, Dave. I know. It's it's the point where all my bottles are down to like one dram left of the whiskey, and I'm going to have to do a big purchase here shortly. Wang, you know what, buddy? Our next theme is just that. We're going to be looking at, for theme two, are we going to trade Kirk Cousins? Should we? <laughs> Dave, I'm interested to <clears throat> look at him. Uh, I'll say right off, like, I, <laughs> the, 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 I don't know, I'll get into it later. But the, anyway, yes, uh, there is the New York Jets. Uh, have Super Bowl aspirations, or at least they did until Aaron Rodgers uh, lost for the season by tearing his Achilles tendon on on Monday Night Football. Um, yeah, but it's so, going to heal quick because he's listening to Dolphins uh, doing the jiggy. Sure, and maybe he's you know takes some magic mushrooms or something as well. We we don't know, but um, another so they had soldier Super Bowl Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, the Vikings, on the other hand, now that they're on two, might not have Super Bowl aspirations. And the Jets have Super Bowl aspirations, uh, but now they've got Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback. And thanks, Dan. And then, and they're going to learn, I think, in the next two weeks that their Super Bowl aspirations are going to go down the toilet because Zach Wilson is going to cost them some football games. It's going to be very <laughs> annoying for them with the kind of defense that they have and Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook as their running backs and Garrett Wilson to throw to, uh, which means that you know they are or they should be looking for into a quarterback or what they can do to upgrade their quarterback room. And so this is, of course, getting people who football media, particularly those based in New York, New York, to start speculating about who the Jets could get. And they're looking at Kirk Cousins. Um, this happened on. Friday morning, Mike Greenberg on ESPN, he went on there talking about how the Jets should trade for Kirk Cousins. Mike Tannenbaum, who used to be the Jets' general manager, went on there to say that that the, the Jets should offer a third-round draft pick to see if they could get Kirk Cousins, Cousins from the Vikings. And then Bart Scott, who used to play linebacker for the Jets, went on there and said that, yeah, the, the Jets should make a, an offer for tra- for Kirk Cousins. But if they really are all in... They shouldn't just try to lowball the Vikings. They should look to 
to trade a first rounder for for Cousins as well. CBS Sportsline also had a story about Cousins, you know, how trading the Jets trading for him would make sense considering where both teams are at. So this is I guess what I was trying to introduce at the beginning was that, hey, um, this is things that talking heads in the media that follow football are bringing up. But I think it's just talk right now. I don't think it's a, it's a nice theory. I don't think it's realistic. But it's interesting thing to talk about and think about. Because you look at the Vikings. Like, if they could, if they could get a first rounder and maybe another pick for tr- for trading Kirk Cousins... That would really, if if we know that they've got to find a quarterback of the future at some point and sooner rather than later. We've always been worried as fans that the Vikings never are bad enough that they pick early enough in the draft to get one of the top guys. So, and they rarely seem to want to take that big swing for the fences and trade draft capital to move up in the draft to get a guy like Caleb Williams or May from North Carolina or maybe some whoever else kind of emerges this year as a, as a guy to pick in the top 10, kind of like what Anthony Richardson did last year with Florida, where he wasn't expected, I think in some cases to even get picked in the first round, but then he worked himself into being like, maybe he's going to be a top five pick at some point. So mm-hmm. there, there's always guys every year that quarterbacks that move up in. Sanders may be one of them. Yeah, that's right. Deion Sanderson now is getting a lot of buzz. So you get that extra draft capital. If you trade cousins and you, you set yourself up for either, for trading, having the ability to trade up and maybe get a guy like Caleb Williams. Or maybe even the better part of that is that when you trade Cousins, you get a first rounder. Now you have two first rounders in 2024 and you turn to Nick Mullins or Jaron Hall as your starting quarterback and you lose a bunch of games so that you, you become, you, you're so you're picking the top five in the draft and you don't have to trade those two first rounders you can get use one of them to get your quarterback of the future anyway without giving up any draft capital so that is the kind of the theory there dave but i just to me i think if the jets need a quarterback and i think that they do to even make the playoffs with zach mm-hmm. wilson they got to make a move now if they're mm-hmm. going to make it they can't wait like five or six weeks they can't wait till the trade deadline on october 31st because by then they could be you know four and no. four or, they're gonna play Tomorrow, I think they're playing tomorrow. And then they'll probably make calls after that. And at that, you know, after week two, maybe week three, I just don't, like the Vikings, Kwesi Dofamensa, Kevin O'Connell, if the Jets were to call, they are not, even with us 0-2, are not trading cousins and giving up on the season after two or three games. It's just not happening. I think we all know that. So, so again, this is a this is a theoretical. It's an interesting thought. But right now, there's this early in the season, they're not giving that up, and the and the Wilfs would not be on board with that either. Dave, I don't think so. Well, you got to remember with um, Kirk, he's got to agree to it, and he's already said no to the Jets once. He I think would have, it would have to be, you know, beneficial for him to do that. You're right, but and yes, you got to get it past the Wilfs. They would have to agree to it. Quasi would have to agree to it. the whole shebang. Would have to go. This is the best thing for our team. Everybody's cool with it. Kirk wants to move on for whatever reason because I'm sure it would include a guaranteed extension with a lot of money involved 
for Kirk to say yes to make it happen. And would the Jets do that, knowing that they hope to have Aaron Rodgers back next year? <laughs> no, but I, I, I guess I think there's an, an argument to be made that that uh, <clears throat> with Cousins on a one-year rental, if you get him on a one-year rental, like Cousins could be okay with, hey, I can go into New York. If I take us to the Super Bowl with that defense, when I can go into free agency and I, and I can have my pick of, of like a lot of teams and I'm going to make myself a lot of money for the next two or three years. Maybe I can even resign with Minnesota, <laughs> you know, go, go back there. So I, you know, again, we're kind of spitballing here, but I, I really think this early in the season, there's no way that this trade would ever be made by, by the Vikings. Uh, they're just not going to punt on the season right now, but I, I, and I don't think even if you get to the trade deadline, let's say the jets decide, Hey, We'll see if we can tread water with Zach Wilson, play it by year. Let's say they get to week eight and they're like five and three or four and four or maybe three and five. Then they decide we got to do something. We got to, we got to get, we got to trade for Kirk Cousins. I don't even know if Quasi Dofemens and Kevin O'Connell, even if we're three and five or two and six, I don't know if they'd make that deal then even punt on it. Then it it would be a very divisive move for them to make Mm -hmm. that trade amongst fans Again, would the Wills be on board, even if you've only got Cousins for one year? And I think it would take some stones from Quasi Dofa and Kevin O'Connell to make that deal at any time in the next, you know, three to either week three or week eight, week eight, nine, and just say, the season's over, folks. We're looking to the future. You know, some fans would be happy with that, but I just, I just don't see it. So again, it's, it's, a, it's, a great, it's an interesting idea. Uh, in theory, it makes a lot of sense, but I don't think it makes sense for the Vikings right now, or maybe even not midway through the season. But Dave, I want to ask you, and I think I know the answer to this for you, but maybe you'll surprise me. If, let's say, the Jets now, or even maybe a few weeks later, if they you were Quasi Dova Mensa, and the Jets came to you and said, Dave, we want Kirk Cousins, and we'll give you a first and a third in 2024, to trade him. And Kirk Cousins says, yeah, I'll do it, Dave. Uh, I waive my no trade clause. Would you make that deal? If he's wanting to go, I see, I don't think, the, I, I don't envision him wanting to leave. That's, yeah. I, I think he loves it here in Minnesota. I think his family loves it in Minnesota. I think he loves throwing the Justin Jefferson because Justin Jefferson makes him look good. Um, <laughs> uh, would I do it because I think it's smart because he's at that age, 35? Oh, hell yes, I would do it in a heartbeat. But I don't. I, I think there's zero chance of it happening. Now, I did yeah. watch, uh, whose is it? Uh, quarterback, um, guy that does the quarterback show, breaks it down. I want to say TJ, but it's not TJ. Um, ex-quarterback. Broke down the game. Uh, no. Um, he's got a YouTube page that does just bang up business. Um, and schools and academies and stuff. It's okay. He broke down Thursday's game. Kirk was outstanding on Thursday. Oh, yes. Yeah, I would, I I just, would never argue with that. And Thomas is right. He does get hit a lot. That's because our interior defensive line sort of sucks when it comes to that. But well, because Kirk won't move her away. And he from doesn't move. Out. Yeah. That is a combination of both. Um, but I don't, you know, do I think Quazy would like to do it? Probably. 
I don't think, but I mean, Kwesi's told what to do and how, you know, what his limits are. He's given very much so from Mark Wilf and crew that this is how you're going to, you can run the team, but within these parameters, right? And I think keeping Kirk is part of that parameter. So I don't think he's going anywhere this season. Like I said, even though we're 0-2, I still think we have a chance to make the playoffs. Do we have a chance I to do. go all the way to the Super Bowl? I doubt it. Do we need our next quarterback? Absolutely we do. But we also need a few other things when it comes to the draft that goes mm-hmm. along with that quarterback. We need some we need to beef up the interior line. We need to beef up the defensive interior line. And we're going to need edge rushers because we got two of them. They're on their final year of their contracts. So a lot of things to be done. A lot of question marks for sure. Mm-hmm. But if yeah, they, I, I mean, you can always, you know, there's always a price. If the Jets are willing to give a shitload, you said a first and a third. If they're willing to go, hey, we'll give you three firsts. Kirk, you cool? Yeah, good. See ya. Darren, get your ass up here. You're starting. And that's what I would do. I put Hall in starting and keep Mullins as the backup. Right. But I Yeah, I, I think that I think I don't see it happens, but I bet there was a phone call. I think this is a debate that's only theoretical. <laughs> it's not actually gonna happen in practice. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh but if 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 the the Jets struggle in a week or two and the Vikings struggle continue to struggle in a week or two, this I think the noise is going to grow, continue to grow. Um, but but yeah, uh, I, I, whether you like Cousins or not, uh, he has not been the problem the first two games, and um, certainly we'll take a step back in quarterback play for this year and maybe next year, no matter who else we put in there if he's not in there. So you got to be ready for that too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And my worthless opinion says Kirk has said multiple times he wants to retire a Viking. So he has. He's never said what the price of that is, though. <laughs> he, did not, he did not say that he would take a hometown discount to stay in Minnesota. Right. I think it, it, he'll retire uh, as a Viking. You know. Well, he well he um, did. He offered a hometown discount this year if they'd give him three years guaranteed. I think it was for the extension. That? And they said, no, you're turning 35. No, <laughs> we'll give you one year. And then he said, no, I want three. No. And that's where we're at today, I believe. Um, well, um, unlikely either side is going to change their opinion on that one. So it'll be interesting. Not soon, often. at least. Yeah. Well, yeah, fun, to, fun subject to talk about. Always fun to talk about Kirk Cousins. Uh-huh. And that brings us to... Theme three. Draft concerns. Are you concerned about how Quasi's been drafting? I am very concerned, Dave. Otherwise, this wouldn't be a topic. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, let, let, last, it's no secret to everybody here that <clears throat> that's a Viking fan that Quasi Dovamensa's, I, I think, as you look at the Vikings going to, and 
you look at their issues on interior line and on the defensive line and other areas. And I think it's, it, it just kind of, I think magnifies that his, particularly his 2022, his first draft class, which was, he had 10 players in that draft class, which is a pretty large class, not Rick Spielman large, but large enough. And none of them in their first year did anything positive on the field, on offense or defense. None of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it was one year. It's early, right? And you're looking at and you're saying, and we have said it on the show too, there's still time for that draft class to emerge, some guys to become positive contributors. And we're, and I said it myself. I know it's early, two games in, but what's really, and again, there's still time, but still very concerned, even more concerned now, two games in, particularly when you look at the, our top four draft picks who are players picked in the top 70 of the 2022 draft. And again, none of them look like they are ready. They've, none of them look like they have really improved or are ready to begin be positive contributors to the Vikings on offense and defense. Really concerning to me, Lewis Seen, our number one guy, traded down, get him, loads of talent. He is behind Cam Bynum as you know in the safety depth chart. And I don't even know if he's the backup to Bynum because when the Vikings <laughs> when when the Vikings lost Josh Metellus Thursday night against the Eagles and they needed mm-hmm. somebody to come in as a third safety in the big nickel packages, they went to Theo Jackson, who was on our practice squad last year, not Lewis Seen. I don't even know if Lewis Seen is ahead of Jay Ward, the rookie on the I, right now Lewis Seen is the fifth safety on a team that carries six safeties and maybe he's the sixth i don't know I if he's ahead say of, he's the sixth i don't even know if he's jay ahead of jay ward that is really really concerning you know it's one thing for a first round draft pick to not contribute in your first year but if you're in your second year and you're still not contributing other than on special teams you are in bust territory for sure for sure um so that's an issue andrew boot jr kind of the same thing you know, injury issues last year, but he is the fourth cornerback on a team carrying four, four corners, not playing other than special teams. Ed Ingram, we all know, abysmal in pass protection and run blocking. Uh, and probably, and if he has another game or two like he's had the first two, Blake Brandle is going to be coming in there and taking his spot, likely. And then, finally, you've got Brian Asimov. Supposed to be your starting inside linebacker next to Jordan Hicks. Uh, he is out by Ivan Pace Jr. as a starter on inside linebacker. Now, maybe that's not so bad because Ivan Pace Jr. is not your normal, ordinary, undrafted rookie free agent. Mm-mm. He looks like he's going to be ex- an exceptional player and all kinds of teams made mistakes not picking him. But not a great look that Brian Asimov could barely get on the field, didn't get on the field basically at all, against Tampa Bay. He played a little bit more against the Eagles, but not much. And those and are your top four. It was when they brought on that three linebacker set. Yeah. And it would be Hicks, Pace, and Asimov. They were all three on at one time. Mm-hmm. Really the and other than other than Ingram Caleb Evans, a fourth rounder in twenty, he's the only other guy who's playing any ma- major amount of snaps on offense or defense other than Ed Ingram. And the jury is really out on whether what kind of a player he is too, although he has looked 
pretty good despite getting beat badly by Devontae yeah. Smith Thursday night. But, but, uh, so, and then you look at everybody beyond those guys and some of the guys picked after Evans aren't on the team anymore. Um, that's those 10 guys, big concerns there. And then even, and then let's look at the 2023 draft class. Okay. Um, Again, very, very early, only two games for them and only six guys in that draft class. Jordan Addison looks like he's a keeper. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be he's the real deal. He's going to be either a very good player or a star in the NFL, averaging 19 yards per catch so far. Probably a little underused by the Vikings so far, but because they... But, but that'll take time as he gets comfortable yes. with Kirk. Yes. And you can see already keeps where... dropping footballs. That's right. You can see already where he's kind of going to eat into KJ Osborne's snaps yeah. eventually unless the Vikings run three wide receivers all the time because they can't run the ball <laughs> in which case they're all going to play a lot but Jordan Addison is a keeper Makai Blackman mm, you know he's the third corner on a team that's got four uh, he's playing about 13 14 snaps a game in the first two because we've got a 3-3-5 defense and we're playing big nickel and Josh Metellus this is a safety is basically your third your third mm-hmm. corner in this case so <clears throat> jury's out on Makai Blackman, but then the other guys, Jay Ward is, we didn't expect to, but he's contributed on special teams, but nothing else. And then Jaron Hall and Jake Lenroy have been inactive. And I expect that's probably going to remain the case for a while. And Dwayne McBride. Well, I expect make- it for Hall. I don't expect it for Roy. I expected Roy to get some game time. That, mm-hmm. that surprised me on Roy himself, but that's just. Yeah. Especially against. If you're getting a team that's going to start running against the ball, running against you, I want Roy in. That's where he yeah. made his chops is stopping the run. So I thought that was a bad decision. It's just the whole on Thursday that they didn't anticipate that the Eagles were going to try to run and run and run and run and run. That was a bad Game plan by Flores, as much as I love how Flores is doing, and our defense is a shit done better. I thought they would have brought up Roy to help stiffen that run game, but they didn't. So no, that maybe it's a lesson learned, but they didn't. I think uh, Norfia's saying, I believe in Asimov when he proves it. Till then, man, I agree with that. And he could uh, be, and he was playing. There's uh, they showed the picture of Evans. I think it was Evans who had the shoulder brace. No, it was Blackman who had the shoulder brace on. Uh, Asamoah had it on the other arm. So Asamoah is playing with a brace as well. Could it be injury related? Well, I mean, that's what kept him out of most of the preseason for Asamoah. <laughs> Right now, though, I think the reason he's not playing is because Ivan Pace is better. Is better, better player, uh, even though he's a bit smaller. But you know, again, and then do, the twenty twenty three draft class, Dwayne McBride did make the team. Is on the practice squads right now. So, if you're looking at sixteen draftees that Quasi Dofamens has made in two seasons, early as it is, you've only got one keeper there, Jordan Addison. Everybody else is garbage, or we don't quite know yet. Uh, and that's the kind of drafting record. That like that ain't good. That ain't good for your future. You need young guys to take over for veterans who either get old and don't and are ineffective, or they get old and they're not worth the price tag you're paying for them. Uh, and you need young guys to come in, give you cheap for a while anyway, and productive talent. And we to so far that money, yeah. whether it was spent in previous years and pushed forward, 
yes. you know, all that cap overage that got pushed into dead dead years by Spielman, and now some of it done by Quazy that he's trying to get out from that. You've got to have those young guys hit, and if you if you miss on a draft now, in Quazy's defense, yes, most GMs in their first year their drafts suck. <laughs> it's it's it is what it is, and he had a lot of Spielman staff with him. He had the defensive side coaches had already been hired prior to KOC being hired. And so you had different people giving input. As he settles in, I think his drafts will be better. And that is evident by this year's draft being better so far. Now, it'd be nice for him to find, you know, those key spots where we're bad or need help, interior O-line, interior D-line. Like I said, we're going to need edge. And the next quarterback. And that's what I think both he and... KOC are hired for. That's a big shopping list. Uh, well, that's a I, huge I, shopping list. <laughs> I, I, th- I think, yeah. But uh, with with Quasi Dovamensa, like again, you, you, regardless of where you're picked in the draft or how many picks you have, it, your job is to pick guys that are going to contribute and be positive contributors. And, and right now, we got one out of sixteen. Not a very good ratio. Early days, but that's the kind of draft record that. If it continues for another year or two, Quasi Adolfo will no longer be our general manager, despite all the promise. And I was very happy we got him and hired him. I was really stoked about how his analytical, his analytics and his background there might make the Vikings be actually be better at drafting than they were under Rick Spielman. Right now, they are way, way worse <laughs> than they were under Rick Spielman. All the young talent that's producing on the Vikings right now are Rick Spielman draft picks, other than Jordan Addison. They're not Quasi Adolfo Mensa draft picks and that's disappointing and concerning and it's got to turn around in the 2024 draft again or else Quasi Dofomenza is not going to be general manager very long and the Vikings are going to be uh, are not a very good team for a while yeah I agree it's it's got to be fixed and he's trying to you know get under the cap select good players that match schemes. Aaron talks about what happens when B-Flow leaves. Hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully we keep him two years because if we keep him two years and then he becomes a head coach somewhere, then we get that third-round draft pick back for him. Um, it would be interesting to see, Dave, if, if the Vikings' defense, <clears throat> like if they improve but not like significantly. Like let's say last year they were horrible. They were 31st pretty much the second or third worst defense in the league based on all stats. Let's say B-Flow gets them to like 24 or 25 in the league, which is still not Mm -hmm. very good. I don't think that, I don't know if that's enough to get him a head coaching job, but the fact that he's, he's a minority, he's going to get some, he's going to get some, I think interviews anyway, and maybe he gets picked, but, but, uh, but if the Vikings defense doesn't improve significantly, then I think the chances of him leaving after this year are less uh, but I right. think that that's the double-edged sword, right? Because like, we want the Vikings defense to improve significantly so they can improve our chances of, of getting to the playoffs and going deep in the playoffs, in which case then Flores is definitely a goner. Uh, and I'd be okay with that. But I think it, I think with his past history as a head coach, some of the success he had at least for one year in Miami, and if he can show some improvement as a defensive 
uh, coordinator in Minnesota on a defense that was horrible the year before under Ed Donatel, and with a significant amount of roster churn that we've had on the defensive side of things, that he could probably he's definitely going to get interviewed, and he might get a head coaching job anyway next year. Uh, I think well, we have to be ready. If he does, great. I don't think it's going to happen because of the lawsuit. But that's <laughs> that's a good point. It, it uh, seems so. I think, sure. Yeah. So I'm hoping we keep him for two years and there's some stability there. And then we can build up the defense more effectively because going to coach, 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 and not oh, yeah. sticking with styles, we get guys drafted that were drafted for St. Louis scene was uh, drafted for the Ed Donichel system. You know, mm-hmm. and Flores gets in here and goes, he doesn't work for me. All right. Now he's stuck on the back of the depth chart. So you want guys that can put into place the players they think they need to get it done. And hopefully he sticks around a while. I don't know if that's the case, but <laughs> bring back Studwell as a GM. Norsefius, that'd be a great idea, but I don't think that's going to happen either. I don't think he wants to come back. I think he's flat out retired. Um, well, yeah, I remember when when KOC got hired, and they I think Studwell was in the in the audience, and I think KOC even said, "Hey, wouldn't mind having you back to do this," but you haven't heard anything about Studwell being back at, at Egan or doing anything. And I think you're right. I think he's he's devoted, and, to and maybe he maybe he wanted that job, and it was was skipped over when they hired. Crazy, and he said, well, "I'm retiring." I don't know. Could be. We never, we never saw anything about that, though. Like, no. In the, in I, the, I think he just retired. I think he just he'd had a long enough career, and he said, no, "I'm done." Well, There's yeah, a point he, where it's no longer fun, and that's when the when you say, "We'll move well, on you to something it. else." Scott, Scott Studwell would be. I don't know what he'd be in his sixties. Uh, early sixties, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to be like in hotel rooms, going across country scouting at that age when you've made a probably a bunch of money? You're quite secure financially, and you could be home enjoying your grandkids and your wife and everything else, and just doing you know maybe the odd part time gig with the Vikings when they call you in for a month to do maybe some a few little things. Yeah, uh, I, I know. I know. With me, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my days. Put my feet up. Take it easy. Have some craft beer, and enjoy life. Yeah, uh, enjoy life. Enjoy my kids and my grandkids. Mm-hmm. Sean, you talk about you, Lewisine being young. I don't think Lewisine. I don't think it's anything to do with his athletic ability nor his recovery from the devastating ankle break. I think it's he needs to get it. He hasn't adjusted still upstairs to the speed of the game. We've talked about for ad nauseum how it's taken Kirk Cousins to adjust to certain situations, and it took KOC coming in to help him with that. So it, it just may be slow, 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 and then suddenly a light goes off, and he's fine. But he's not there yet, and that's the whole idea. 69. Justin looked it up. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate that. Oh, I didn't think he was that old. But he, he did get drafted in the 70s, so mm-hmm. like 77 or 76 he was drafted by the Vikings. So, yeah. It's been a while. It makes sense. Well, folks, that's it for today. 
Have you got any last words there, Just, uh, Justin? I just noticed that. Darren, <laughs> why didn't you say anything? Uh, did, I think you only said it once, but uh, Justin well, did Well, not that Justin, but that you're labeled Justin. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised Justin well, didn't say anything. Yeah. And anyway, like, I'm just kind of looking forward to, I'm looking to see what happens here in the next week as far as, like, with practices go and, and, and if the Vikings are looking to make any adjustments, particularly on the offensive line or the defensive line, like, are they looking to get Jake Lynn Roy into the mix? Are they looking to replace Eddie Ingram with somebody else? I don't think that's going to happen this week, but you got the chargers. They don't scare me. I think we're going to beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then we're going to, but if anybody thinks we're going to win by 14 plus points, uh, I think they're going to be sadly mistaken. We're going to be biting our fingernails again and wondering what the hell is going on. And are, are we going to go on three or how it's going to go? But I'm confident that we will beat the chargers. And, um, but I think that there's some roster tweaks that are upcoming here. If some people don't pull their heads out of their asses and start playing a lot better. Mm-hmm. I think so. Hopefully they will. There's been good things about that's happened in these last two games. It's yes. Just, I have not like, talked about it at all. I feel like I've been very negative about the Vikings. And, uh, you know, hey, Justin Jefferson, what more can you say about that guy? I mean, he's uh, been unbelievable. I don't care. Like, I don't care about the fumble, which shouldn't have been a fumble. That fucking stupid, stupid touchback rule. I know everybody's been complaining about it, but I've never understood that. I remember when Manuel De Moore in 2007 fumbled when we were rolling against Denver in Denver. And I was like, how does this rule make any sense? Mm-hmm. You, nobody recovers the fumble and the defense gets the ball at their 20. Right. Like, <laughs> like who made up that rule and why is that not considered by the competition committee as something they didn't, they need to change? Well, anyway, and, and it may happen over. now that you had a big time player in Justin Jefferson who represents the league that it went wrong with. So it, who knows? But yes, that's probably. As Aaron says, a dumb rule that needs change. Oh, hey, who knows? Maybe something good will come out of that. Now, we do need to go in next week and beat San Diego. San Diego. L.A. Chargers. And uh, we should be able to do that. And we'll be, um, because of the way the schedule's been in, in me, Like th- that'll be our first time where we'll do a bit of a game preview and be able to yes. do that, um, which we weren't able to do this week up. Of course, because the Vikings play on Thursday and already lost. What do you guys do snow? (laughs) Could get it in mid-October. Not the way things are going right now, though. Because I know Colorado got its first snow up in the mountains this last week. Um, That would help the fires. It would. And uh, I have never said this in my 54 years being on the earth, but I am looking forward to snow right now. I've never been as uh, miserable during a summer as I've been <laughs> this summer <laughs> because I'm like, are we going to burn down? Uh, oh, fuck. I got to work on a weekend again. Um, so I'm looking forward to some snow and some rain up here and to dampen these wildfires and not have to worry about them for several months. Mm-hmm. Well, then, get, <laughs> then you're turning into an ice cube. You know, yeah, a couple yeah, well, months after right that now starts. That's a great idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, everybody, we want to thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us. It's been a blast this Saturday afternoon. 
tomorrow we all get to sit and watch Red Zone Channel or the games of your choice and relax because the Vikings game is already over for this week. And we can look on forward to next week. And until then, looking forward to the Bears, Packers, and Lions all losing tomorrow. <laughs> yes, that'd be sweet. <laughs> until then, what do we say, buddy? We say Skull Vikings, baby. Thanks, everybody, for watching, too. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And rate us on your favorite podcast aggregator. Darren and Dave, thank you for watching this episode of Two Old Bloggers. We look forward to seeing you on every show on the new Vikings First and Skull. You can find our podcasts as part of the Fans First Sports Network. Sports takes for the fan, from the fan. Skull, everybody! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Part of the Fans First Sports Network.